What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending, obviously. All eyes still on Damar Hamilton, who is still currently listed in critical condition after his cardiac arrest on the field last night in the Bills-Bengals game. The NFL has not yet decided what will take place as far as this game goes. So there's been no update on if they'll try to play this game, if they'll try to push the schedule back, if they'll just call it a tie. All the options that might be available are still available to the NFL. It appears right now everyone in the NFL in a complete holding pattern as they wait to find out more information when it becomes available on Damar Hamilton. There was a statement released from his family earlier today. Or sorry, I said Hamilton. Sorry, Damar Hamlin. The, there was a there was a statement released from his family earlier today. said, keep Damar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. There's been no update yet on Damar Hamlin, so we'll find out more there. The Chiefs have canceled their media availability today with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in to give some respect to DeMar and the Buffalo Bills organization. So we'll hopefully get an update from DeMar or maybe later today. But right now, essentially the NFL is in a holding pattern. Next up on what's trending, Kansas State running back Deuce Vaughn has declared for the 2023 NFL draft in an announcement that he released on Twitter. In the announcement, he thanked, of course, God, teammates, family for his success over the years. Vaughn did have one year of eligibility left, just a junior, but he leaves Kansas State as one of the most decorated running backs, one of the most successful running backs in the history of the program. He'll finish with 3,600, over 3,600 career rushing yards, 34 rushing touchdowns, over 1,200 career receiving yards, and nine receiving touchdowns. He's a running back. He's an undersized running back. I don't know what his NFL prospects are going to look like. He's going to have a chance to sort of Uh, prove himself with a pro day and at the NFL combine, but obviously uh, one of the greatest running backs in the history of that football program. Like he's going to certainly be behind some other guys, right? We know like B. John Robinson is going to be the number one running back. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Or Zach Evans, right? It's like some of those guys that are going to get mentioned here earlier ahead of him, but some team I feel like still going to like having him around. He's just... He's one of those explosive type players that NFL teams like having around. Well, he turns how, a five yard teams... game into an eighty eight yard touchdown, like he did against Oklahoma or against Alabama, fairly regularly. Seeing how teams utilize different skill sets, maybe better than they did a decade ago. Yeah. Right, you don't need to be a lead back. You don't need to be Jonathan Taylor to have a role in the now NFL. Now you can just say, can you be Jarek McKinnon? Right, is that what yeah. you say instead? Can you be Jarek McKinnon for us? Who has nine receiving touchdowns this season? Despite being clearly the second running back pretty much the entire year for Kansas City. Didn't you're talking about a guy, yeah, you're talking about a guy who is 5'6", 176 pounds. That's undersized even by undersized yeah. running back standards. He's going to have a, an uphill battle, but after the season he's had, after the career he's had, at the position he plays, there's no better time than the present to kind of capitalize on the momentum that you have. No, I would say that this is probably the best moment for him to go coming out of that season. Plus, I can think of one other undersized running back from the University of Kansas State who seemingly had some NFL success. Darren Sproles. That dude had the biggest thighs I've ever seen. Yeah, for thighs. The biggest thighs I've ever seen. Lastly, on what's training, Kansas will take on Texas Tech tonight. They're currently number three in the AP poll. That game at 8 o'clock, K-State will take on number six, Texas. And Missouri will be off today, but did move up yesterday to number 20 in the AP Top 25 poll. We realize, by the way, Nick, that if K-State wins tonight against number six, Texas, 
that for the first time in a very, 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 very long time, all three local teams have a chance to be in the top 25, right? Kansas isn't going anywhere. Missouri just got into the top 25. In K-State, if they beat number six Texas and they're 12-1, and one, seems fairly safe to say that they'll be in the top 25 as well. Yeah, I would think so, which has been it's been a long time. K-State's had a, a rough go. Missouri's had an even rougher go. Kansas has had not a rough go. Has but... Kansas ever not? Though they got knocked out of the top 25 very briefly, didn't they? Yeah, in 2021. <laughs> the only time they've been out yeah, of the like top 25 this entire time. Yeah. yeah. It's been a pretty fruitful couple hundred years for Kansas basketball. You think so? Yeah. That's what's trending here on Cody and Gold. I guess we can expect more commentary like that on the Wave in the Wheat podcast. Is there a new episode? Yeah, out we're just gonna recap. We're gonna recap the last uh, 100 years of Kansas basketball this week. Is there like an anniversary or something coming up that would seem convenient for you if that was the case? I mean, with all the when with was all... the first year of Kansas basketball? 1889, I believe. This feels like the kind of thing you'd be you would have been asked in a trivia game in Lawrence during your time. 1898, according to 1898. Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, because they had the 100 year anniversary and. 1998 with when uh, LaFrance was on the team, Pierce. Yeah. It's a good year. <laughs> I just going back all through this. 1898 to 1899. That was the first season. Okay. Good, good times. Good times, Nick. We mm-hmm. can talk more Kansas basketball later in the week. We're going to get back can to – Can we, or are you just saying that? I'm just saying that. <laughs> okay, so just to be clear, we're not going to be talking more Kansas basketball Maybe. this week. Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, you know what? I'll tell you what. If K-State wins tonight, let's talk about the locals. Because that would mean all three locals do matter together at the same time for the first time in so damn long. It will be refreshing that okay. all three teams will likely be tournament teams and we can talk about the series. All right, but I, feel like, but I still feel like you're kind of placating me and just like just don't lie to me in the future. If, fine, but if Kansas State wins tonight... Let's talk about all three local teams. If Kansas just beats Texas Tech tonight, that's not hitting the that's not in the rundown tomorrow. Just a Kansas win against a pretty good Texas Tech team doesn't that's not driving me. Okay. Okay. I can't I can't be motivated to talk college basketball. Jalen Wilson goes for 40. Fine. Fine. But look, Alex isn't even here. He's gonna be on the show tomorrow. He gets an opinion on this, does he not? Yeah. But no, no. If we make a decision now, it's two versus three, two versus one, even if he says no. Well, that's true. We get a vote. Okay, yeah. fine. Tomorrow if Wilson drops 40, <laughs> or if K-State beats Texas, Texas, we're in. And at least we have a conversation. We're going to get back to DeMar Hamlin coming up at 1230. I want to continue that conversation. What is the biggest news story, not just sports story, in the United States today? We spent the first two hours speaking about it. If you want to go back, it's available as well. But we will get back to it coming up at 1230 as we await hopefully more news at some point today on the recovery for DeMar Hamlin, who is currently still listed in critical condition after his cardiac arrest of the game uh, last night against Cincinnati and Buffalo. There was, I I weirdly, after the Chiefs game, this time against the Broncos, as it, again, came down to the wire and was closer than it needed to be, closer than it, especially against a bad football team where you're expecting these things not to be close, I didn't feel all that bad. That sounds stupid, and I know that going into the playoffs, we still do want Kansas City to be playing their best football going into it, but this, to me, 
had the much better normal vibes of weird game against divisional opponent where when I watched the game, it was painfully obvious to me who the better team is. The problem is, is I'm also coming from a point of acceptance, Nick. The Chiefs do not, very simply put, have enough time to solve all their problems before the playoffs hit. So you're just going to have to accept them for their flaws or hope that they don't show up in the wrong moments. The Chiefs have a turnover problem. They have a special teams problems, and those are things that exist for them and are not going away, right? How are they going away now? They've existed for 17 NFL weeks. But despite all those things, coming out of this game, it was a reassurance of the things the Chiefs do well. They spread the ball around better than any team in the NFL. They are still the most explosive offense in the NFL in 20-plus yard plays. They are blocking better than they were. They have solved that problem. It wasn't too late to make the offensive line play better, right? I know the things they're good at and the things that they struggle at, but even coming out of this game, it's very clear that they're good at winning the way that they can. Like, they are, they are successful at it in repetition. It shows back up, but it doesn't stop them over and over again. I understand they can't have a two-turnover game and an AFC title game and lose. So it's just going to have to be one of those days they don't turn it over as much. But... I've seen improvement. Like, the defense is doing a better job getting turnovers. They are getting sacks. The offense can move it around, as we said. Like, I didn't come out of that game feeling worse. Because that's kind of what I wanted. Like, the initial thought or ask from you, Nick, was, how did you feel about the Chiefs coming out of that game? And honestly, I didn't feel different. No, I think it's weird. You can look at it. If you want to be pissed off that the Chiefs aren't winning by more and that they're letting bad teams hang around, I think you're totally justified in doing that. If we want to talk specifics, I think you are more than justified to be worried about the special teams. You're more than justified in worrying about Harrison Butker and this kicking game and the punt return woes. Like All of that is very fair. Overall, though, about this team just winning close games and letting bad teams hang around and not you know, putting your foot down when you have the chance to sort of end a game, I, I understand if I understand both sides because we did this last year as well. Remember when we were criticizing pundits for harping on the Chiefs not winning by enough. Meanwhile, like their AFC competition was losing, like the Bills were losing games, and they were saying, "Yeah, but well, the Chiefs aren't blowing teams out." Was it? Would you rather them lose? Because that's what's happening elsewhere around the AFC. I look at the, the Bills team, were like blowing teams out and then losing by right, three. But I look at a yeah. team that's thirteen and three. How much? Should we really be critical of that, knowing everything they've went through, knowing you're talking about an MVP at quarterback, you're talking about the number one offense, the you number one passing. You a lot about your offense in the offseason, too. So I, I see both sides of it, but the context does matter. The reason why that game was close is because of special teams. So if we just want to make this a hyper-focused conversation about the special teams, I'm concerned. You better believe I'm concerned. It's not, to me, as much about... What's this team's deal as much as it is? Why does the special teams keep resulting in other teams? They should have had an extra point. They should have had a field goal. They then gifted the Chiefs or the uh, Broncos seven points with the muffed punt. So there's 11 points right there, Cody, where the game, when it was a 10-point game, should have been a 21-point game. And if it does, when Russell Wilson punches in that rushing touchdown late in the game and makes it a one, that should have been a non factor that should have made it a 14 point game instead of a three point game but that's kind of the way the game played out it's not to me about the overall chiefs it's about the special teams continuing to be an issue they're broken right the special teams are broken 
Like, cannot be fixed. It's too late. Like, how, how is it going to get fixed now, We man? are in week 17. Yeah. No, we're in week 18. Excuse me. I think it would be a fool's errand to assume that things are magically going to get better. They've oh. shown you for four months who they are. It's not that you can't ever punt or never, you know, put a guy back there for a punt return. But the thing I would say is tread lightly, right? Treat them like a unit you can't trust. If you had a defense you didn't trust, and in the the deciding moments of the game, it's fourth and one, and you're like, do I want to put my defense back out there to make this stop? Because let's say I've got the San Francisco 49ers defense. Or do I want to trust Patrick Mahomes to get a yard because I have Patrick Mahomes and not Brock Purdy? I get why if you're the 49ers, you say, you know what, put our defense back out there. They'll win us a game. Or if you're the Chiefs, you say, ah, you know what, put Patrick Mahomes out there. But in those moments, do not trust the special teams to win you a football game. Or hell, to not screw it up. Like, if your choices are fair catch or let the ball go over your head, and there's a chance they're going to down it down at the two. But there's a chance it might go into the end zone. I just probably let that go. Don't trust yourself. <laughs> Tate, coach the players to not get the ball. Because as much as it seemed like it was just a Sky more problem, and certainly he was a big part of it, do you think that there's a chance Tony could give the ball away again? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what more you want Dave Tobe to do. Like, this is an execution issue. I, I know the heads I don't have disagree. To I think we're the only out. people on that stance, though. I think everyone else wants to blame Tobe. What do you Be- want him to do? Like, well, Here's the problem. is that The problem is, is in the kick-holding game, the kicking game, the punt-return game, it's like... It's not just one player failing on special teams. It's all of them. The that's operation, when it feeling the operation like the of if you want to blame Tobe for having Sky Moore out there early in the season, that's fine. But oh, like, I did. Yes, <laughs> but right now, what are you to do to fix punt return issues? Keep putting different dudes out there and hope that they figure it out. No, that's in terms not of the kicking special. game, I, again, I don't know. Like, the operation of kicking a field goal or an extra point has not changed drastically in 2022. It's the same as it's always been. So for Harrison Bucker and Tommy Townsend. This shouldn't be a new routine that you're trying to figure out. Now, I think the field goal was, I think that was blocked. Or was it the extra point? The second one. I think that was actually made. It looks like you go back. You go back and look at the film, the Zapruder film and zoom in. It looks like one of the Broncos defenders may have got a hand on that. So I don't know how much you blame on that. Was it that did the kick get executed the way that they typically wanted to? Whatever, but at some point, it's not just one kick. We're not just micro-analyzing this one kick. It is a series of issues that have come up in the kicking game over the course of the season. It's like a Facebook meme. Like, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. The Chiefs kicking game has shown you who they are this year. They have had miscues and mistakes time and time again. And at some point, like, I'm not just chalking this up to, oh, well, it's another isolated incident. No, it's a series of issues that have been creeping up. So you're asking me what my biggest concern is heading into the postseason? It's the kicking game. More it's than special teams. Yes. I trust Patrick Mahomes to figure this out more than I trust Harrison Butker and Tommy Townsend. I'll say this. I feel like it's – I don't know if it's that because Mahomes has turned it over. But here's the thing about the turnover problem, Nick, is that that also includes the special teams. They have given the ball away five times this year. Think about how much we, uh, we hyper-focus on the number of interceptions any particular play is. Patch Mahomes has 12 interceptions. The punt return game has five. Think about how many times Patrick Mahomes throws the ball in an NFL season versus how many times the special teams has to return a punt. What is it? 40 to one? The ratio? Like, it's not real close. The punt return game has to handle a punt like four times a game. 
Patrick Mahomes has to throw it like 40. So it is a 10-to-1 ratio that Patrick Mahomes is standing back there throwing a pass. And, and by the way, the punt, sometimes they don't even touch the ball, Nick. Sometimes there's a zero turnover shock. There's a zero turnover opportunity for the punt, and they're still turning it over five times. If a running back, if, if, if Isaiah Pacheco had five lost fumbles this season, do you think we'd be making a pretty big deal about it? Like, the problem is, is that the turnover stuff is, is encompassing to the special teams. They're a huge part of this problem because they keep doing it. And it doesn't make any sense because we used to think of this as a strength of the team. It almost reminds me of, like, putting and golf, where over the course of a year, you will find one of the best putters on tour Miss a couple putts, gets in his head. All of a sudden, he's got the yips, and now he is one of the tour's worst. It happens a lot, and I feel like kicking is that. Your opportunities are few and far between, right? You don't know that on the very next drive, you're going to get an opportunity to go and shake that one off. So maybe you're sitting there on the sideline kicking into a net 100 times before you have the chance to go out there and sort of shake it off on the field. Maybe it's the injury that he sustained in week one versus Arizona. I don't know exactly what's going on with Bucker. If it's a Townsend issue, again, I'm not a coach. I can't sit there and break it down. That's a Colquitt thought, but sure. We don't discuss. This is not a Dustin Colquitt show. I'm just saying, that's what he thought. What did he think? He thought it was a Townsend problem. Well, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, even washed up has-beens. Wow. Hmm. Why would you? What? Why? What did Colquitt do to you? Well, I mean, he's just like chirping from the sidelines. If you're so good, then why don't you come? Why don't you come try out? Take Tommy's spot back. You tried for a while. They 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 fired Dustin Colquitt for Tommy, huh. which does make it seem like there might be a little bit of a a bias. Oh. Feels like there might be a bias problem if the guy who the the guy who took your job. Oh, you mean you mean Pro Bowl punter Tommy Thompson? He is a Pro Bowl punter. Huh. Forgot about that. I mean, Dustin Colquitt totally also played in some Pro that. Bowls. Played past tense, not. Present is currently playing. Right. At least I think he played. He kicked in the Pro Bowl. I guess I don't know that as a fact. By the way, I just felt right. By the way, second best punter in his family. Wow, you're just giving saying. it to Britain? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> go hey, go dive, go dive through the stats. Not even close. I, no, I'm not diving through the stats. I got a zero percent chance of that happening. Just to be clear, zero percent chance of that happening. Okay. There was a one quick story over the weekend that I, I feel deserves a little discussion on the show. I know that it's late. I know that it happened many days ago, but we haven't been on the air, and damn it, it was too interesting for me to ignore. Okay? I get it. It's like four days ago, five days ago now. But I refuse to ignore the fact, which seemingly to that point was the weirdest story going into the weekend, which was Sporting Kansas City was close to signing Cristiano Ronaldo. A headline I had not anticipated for 2022 or 2023 or, oh, I don't know, ever. When you saw Inter-Miami was maybe going to get Lionel Messi, you're like, cool, that kind of makes sense. They're Miami. He has a place there. I bet, I bet rich people like living in Miami. That tracks all the reasons you would think it makes sense. When you saw that Cristiano Ronaldo had signed a deal with a Saudi club for like $200 million a year, you're like, yeah, that tracks. That's a lot of money. Ronaldo was a tax evader, so yeah, sure, this tracks. Fine. Wait, he is? Oh, he got he got uh he was he was in a lot of trouble in Spain over that. Oh. But so whatever, right? There's all the reasons why things make sense in this world. The headline I had not anticipated 
from pretty much every single major soccer reporter in the entire world was, you know, if he didn't go to Saudi Arabia, you know, the team he was closest to signing with sporting Kansas city, who was deeps in talk and was close monetarily to the deal he had been offered. Does this make any sense to you, Nick? How was sport? I mean, it's awesome. It would have been super interesting if Cristiano Ronaldo had ended up with sporting Kansas city. I can't imagine there would have been a more interesting season in sporting and they've got titles, man. But if all of a sudden Ronaldo was just playing with them, we would have all been glued and fascinated. Would that, How? Be, would that be like the equivalent of Aaron judge signing with the Royals or a bigger deal? Because Aaron Judge is like currently So Aaron Judge the is best. in his prime, yeah. Right. But it is in the league in which it makes sense. So I think it's on par. I think it is. it would have been an equally big deal if it found out that after all this, it's the Royals who were the next closest team, right? The Royals actually came to the table with $400 million and he decided to go to the Yankees. I'm, like, I'm sorry, what happened? Did you just tell me that the Royals had offered Aaron Judge $400 million? Because he's in his prime, but at least the leagues are at equal value, right? Like, MLS and the Saudi League, this is like, we, we've talked about this with the, the, the PGA golfers who had gone over to the Saudi Golf League. They're, they're throwing around so much money right now that they can attract almost any player to come interest in playing their league because they'll give you so much money to play. The sport of your choosing in their country, it becomes unfathomable. But the fact that sporting was even playing in the arena, right? that they were in the mix seems borderline stunning to me and brings back a lot of the things I say about the Royals. Any team can afford anything at any time. That's what's been made obvious to me. Sporting wants to play a player $150 million. Yep. The Royals want to pay Aaron Judge. They could have. And if Sporting Kansas City wants to pay Cristiano Ronaldo, they can. That's that's what we've learned from this, right? Hmm. So you just think that the Royals should be in on any big-name free agent now? Well, I mean, choose the one you think is good, but yeah, sure, yes. Okay. What, the Padres do it? They're objectively not a large media market size. So so now uh, you think the Royals are on the hot seat to go sign a superstar. (laughs) A superstar. Yeah. I just want them to give Bobby Wood Jr. the money, if we're being honest. But he's not Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, or Aaron Judge for that matter. No, but I'd like to just give him a mountain of money. I just want them to pay somebody a lot of money, if we're being honest. Other than Salvador Perez. They've never signed anyone to a $100 million contract. Okay, so the Royals have never signed a player to a $100 million contract in their franchise's history. But Sporting Kansas City was getting ready to drop a couple hundred million dollars per year on Cristiano Ronaldo? Make it make sense, Nick. You can't tell me there wouldn't be more people showing up at Kauffman Stadium if Aaron Judge was on the team all of a sudden. Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the single greatest Yeah, but not anymore, right? Isn't Isn't he old as dirt? He's old. Yes. But he's still, I don't know, he's still, he's 37. It's pretty old. He, But he's still, I don't know, I mean, he's still one of the best. So- he's not a bad soccer player. Like, it's not, I don't know, what, whatever the description is. He's not, he's not as good as, like, Tom Brady in relation to age, right? Tom Brady's out here throwing for, like, 400 yards in a game when he's 45 years old, whatever. But he's still one of the, I mean, I still think he's one of the premium players he's also it's not I don't know it's not like when David Beckham came to the MLS in my opinion it's a step above that and the fact that anybody's willing to pay him 150 200 million dollars probably tells you that right like Messi was scheduled to go to Inter Miami and he's like I'm too good I'm gonna keep playing in the I'm gonna keep playing here in the Premier League I'm, I'm too good yeah that's I'm, the other thing is like 
Aaron Judge isn't going to go sign with some Korean baseball team. Do you think there's only there's only there's only so there's a finite amount of teams that are in on it? The PGA Tour thought that at one point. Isn't there an amount of money that 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 could literally tempting? No, but there are literally soccer teams in every country that would be willing to pay you. That's the difference between soccer and every other sport. Yeah, but if Aaron Judge, let's say uh, the KBO, the Korean baseball. He's not going to go play for like the Mexican Baseball Association. But what if they offered him $200 million a year? You sure? Because that's what the golf league was doing, wasn't it? Weren't they just offering like quadruple what you were already making? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and we'll see how real that money is. That's the other thing. Like, let me know when the check hits the bank account. Let me know when you see that $150 million. I don't think those were lump sum payments. Mm, you want to see how, how long those checks cash And for? unfortunately, um, none of those players have disclosed their financial information to date. So we really Like Brooks Koepka is not making an Instagram post saying, just got my $200 million, hashtag blessed. That hasn't happened. Fair enough. I guess it just brings in one conversation versus another. We come back here on Cody and Gold. There has been a small update from the Buffalo Bills on DeMar Hamlin. We'll get to that next. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs' red half hour every day at 1130. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Cody Tap, Nick Short with you. Gold will be back tomorrow. Got a couple of updates on the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation first. The Bills, just a few minutes ago, sent out a tweet that said, DeMar Hamlin spent the night in intensive care unit last night, remains there today in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Then they just said they're grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support that they have received thus far. So, unfortunately, no health update on the very scary situation that took place last night with DeMar Hamlin and what took place in the Cincinnati um, and Buffalo game in which he had gone into cardiac arrest. So still waiting any hopeful medical updates on him. The NFL has decided on what they're going to do about the game this week, though. They just released a statement on what will take place. It said, quote, the NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams and the NFLPA leadership, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the bills Bengal game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of a game at a later date. The NFL has made not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. We will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. Nick, I'll assume that you're reading this the exact same way. One, the thing we know is a fact is the Bills Bengals are not going to play this week. They've decided not to resume that. They've made that they have made that decision after speaking to both the teams and the NFLPA and the doctors caring for um, Damar Hamlin. Now, the rest of it is still in the very, very, very much unknown. Week 18 sounds like it's going to happen, just as it would normally happen. Kansas City Chiefs sound like they'll take the field, 3.30 on Saturday. The two games will take place then, and then the regular NFL slate that includes 
Cincinnati and Buffalo will take place as scheduled on Sunday from the sounds of it. Everything in that statement suggests to me that week 18 is going to continue on. And then after that week, they will make a determination on whether or not to make up this game, which would then, I guess, Nick, push the entire schedule back. This feels like they're leaning towards calling it no contest to me because I don't know. I mean, not that it's easy to replay this week. Is it easier to move the schedule back and just have them play the week that would have been super wild card weekend, then push everything back into a later time? Just having them play a standalone game on what well, would have been wild saying, card weekend? If you're saying it's going to, it's, it's basically going to be a forfeit, then that would give the Chiefs the one seed, which I don't think the Bills would be necessarily keen on. Like, I know that's not at the forefront of their mind right now, but if you are to tell me that the playoffs will be played, which we, we all believe that that's will happen, the case, yeah. that the Bills will take the field again this season, then at some point the competitive side of things does weigh on your mind. Not right now, but a week from now, two weeks from now, you're going to say, are we really going to give the Chiefs the one seed home field advantage. I'm not sure that on they this would, on this. Yeah. On something they shouldn't be punished for. You, you know what? Right. Like Buffalo. If I'm the bills, I'm, I'm saying we shouldn't have to forfeit this game. Look at what happened. Look at the circumstances here. What do you expect us to do? Well, in a normal NFL schedule, there is always the bye week in between the Super Bowl net. And you already know that the pro bowl weekend is different than it used to be. You can schedule it after the NFL season. Nate Taylor, who was with us earlier today, made it very clear. There is time. What I think they did here, Nick, is buy themselves time. What they did is buy themselves time. They're saying, we can't make the Bills and Bengals play this week, which I think is the right decision. It's not right to make them resume. We're going to keep week 18 the way that it is before we change the schedule for every other NFL team. Because think about it from this perspective. If you choose to alter the playoff schedules, and anything we thought about the playoffs, Nick, is now different. Let's say they start a full week later than we were thinking, and the Bills and Bengals will play the final regular season game during that week, and we don't know that that's the case. Again, all the NFL has announced is that they are not going to resume Cincinnati in the Buffalo game this week, and the Week 18 schedule is on as planned. As they put it right, they have not made any current changes to that. And they will, uh, you know, make a determination at a later time on whether or not to resume it. But if they did it in between, think about how few less teams, Nick, you'd be impacting. You wouldn't be asking every NFL team to alter their NFL schedule, right? You'd only be asking some. Just the teams, just 14. Less than half of the NFL teams would have and... They already, they don't have plans for that yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe they've sold home playoff game tickets or maybe they've made some plans for who might be a musical guest on the off chance they get a home game, right? Any of the dumb things that come with this, not the important stuff, which is, of course, Hamlin's health, but when you, you know, you impact less, you have to change less, if that makes sense. If everything's pushed back a week, you could start the playoffs a week later and just play them consecutively rather than – you don't have to change the entire Week 18 NFL slate. I wonder if they're looking at it that way. Do you – like, I guess this is where we speculate, but what chance do you think they actually play this game? They've decided not to resume it this week. They've said they'll make a decision later. But you're – I mean, I know people don't want to talk about it because we all – let me make it very clear. We all understand what's really important here. 
What is really important here is the health and safety of DeMar Hamlin. We understand that. But there are things that, you know, like, eventually they're going to deal with the fall, you know, like what happens next. I think that's what the NFL has begun the process of, right? Yeah, and here's what I do, here's what I keep going back to is if I'm the NFL, I'm not punishing these two teams for what happened. Yeah. There you know, I'm not making you guys play an extra game and have to have a week where you're playing and nobody else is, right? Like, if you're going to push everything back a week. I don't know. I mean, the logistics of this are the difficult part to figure out, which is why I keep going back to what's the easiest path forward. And the easiest path forward is not having them play the game at all. It just never happened, right? It's just a game that didn't exist. But then you get into the In a way, you're you're punishing the Bills. Okay, is this a loss? For both of these teams, is it just a loss for the Bills? Do the Bills now have to fall down to the two seed? And the Chiefs benefit from this? Because if I'm the Chiefs, I get it. You're going to take, you're not going to complain. But if I'm the Chiefs, are you really going to accept the one seed because the Bills had a player who went into cardiac arrest on the field? Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure the Chiefs accept that. I know you may, that may make me sound naive. But I'm not convinced that the Chiefs automatically sign up for that. Maybe they say, you know what, if this is the way it's going to go, then we'll take the loss too. We're not going to sit here and benefit because somebody else had a player going to cardiac arrest on the field. Can you just give both teams the win? Like, I, I'm, How would that work? It's the same as giving them a loss. But well, hear me out. But here's, but, here's the, but here's the deciding or the or tie. Here's the difference. By doing this, you have frozen time, if it makes sense. Everybody is where they were, Nick. If you give them both a win, the Bills are the one seed, they were. The Chiefs were the two, are the two, they were. The Cincinnati's the three seed, they were. Do you see what I'm like you you change less, Nick, of what what had a what was the current situation? Before tragedy, you change less by just giving them both a win than you do by giving them a tie or giving them a loss. Yeah, I don't know because so the Chiefs right now are a game and a half. Well, they've they've played an extra game than the Bills have. So theoretically, the Bills play. They're only a half game up really on the Bills. Yeah, so the Chiefs. The Chiefs play the Raiders. Let's assume they win that game. The Bills play the Patriots. Patriots. They lose that game. Then they're definitely going to cancel it. Because that's do you the think thing. that's what? Okay, then I don't do you know. think that's what the NFL is waiting for? Let's see what. I happens. hope not, man. Because if, if that, that that feels gross, I don't like I don't like that notion. I understand why they would want to buy themselves time, but I don't like buying yourselves time for that. Like, let's hope it sorts itself out. That feels worse, right? Because you could say the same thing. What if the Chiefs lose to the Raiders? Certainly something that can occur this weekend, Nick. I don't think it's going to happen against Jared Stidham, but it can happen. Then you can give them both the tie, and guess what, Nick? All the standings stay the same. The Chiefs are still the two because they, I think, would still be a half game up on... Yeah, because the Bengals haven't even clinched the division. Yeah. Like, the Ravens are still in line for the three. They, they could still get the yeah, three could. seed. They could. That would be the biggest being you impact by giving both teams a win. You would be handing the division to Cincinnati. 
which but I'm not where, sure the Ravens are going to sign up for. That's where it currently sits. You know, like to me, what is the most fair considering what has happened? Yeah, but don't they play next week? Tomorrow, don't they finish the season? So if the Ravens beat the Bengals next week, yeah. they beat you head to head, and you're going to say you gave them a win against the maybe NFL's best team. That doesn't necessarily seem fair. There, and here's here's what you just need to like come to terms with right now. None there is not going to be. Right. There's none of it's going to feel right. None of it's going to feel fair. It's all going to feel like one side is getting a benefit that the other is. But I think when you then take a step back and look at the the cause of this, it's really tough to like complain that your team's getting shafted when we're like, hey, we're trying to make the best of what is an unprecedented situation. Yeah, I mean, because that's, I mean. They're making the right call not playing the football game. Goodell, in his notes, said that each NFL team is receiving information on mental health and support services and things you should do in in moments of real tragedy, right? Moments of extreme stress, which is what this is. It's just going to make everything... You're right, Nick. Nothing will feel right no matter what happens here. I just don't want it to make it... I You really want to avoid making it seem like... Like, to me, it's like DeMar Hamlin, again, is the, the most important part of this. And I don't – it's not going to – it's not going to feel right. In a weird way, it'll feel like punishing the Bills if you make them tie, right? Like, Cincinnati can still control its own destiny. They can still just beat them and be the three seed. They could have still been the one if, like, this exact line of things had gone perfectly, but it, it was pretty – you know, pretty low odds, right? Not impossible, but, you know, it's pretty far down. It wasn't likely to happen, so it wasn't going to be that way. Look, and I don't know that, like, I, you know, I just saw a tweet of somebody be like, I think the Chiefs should turn down the one seat out of principle. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Come on. Like, weird, like, it just feels like everything feels so off about it. Because, they, again, like, going back to the moment, if for some reason you're tuning in, you'd missed the DeMar Hamlin moment last night in the game is, what you'd mentioned is really what this comes down to. This is unprecedented. There's not going to be a good way to handle what happened. Last well, that, night, everything that happened was unprecedented. We've seen players get hurt. We've seen players nearly die in or around football, but they were resuscitating him for eight minutes on the field last night. Then took him to the hospital and then postponed the game. They don't do that. We see games continue on in the NFL all the time. Admit it, Nick. You, just like me, thought that they were going to keep playing that game last night. When they said five minutes to warm up, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to make them play this NFL football game. As time went on, I guess I thought there was a better chance they weren't going to continue it. But I always thought that there was a chance they might try to make these two teams play until McDermott and, Mc- and, and Taylor stood next to each other and clearly took all their teams back. That was maybe at least the first moment where you're like, maybe they won't have to play tonight because it didn't feel like they should, and they shouldn't have to play this week. The, uh, this isn't even posturing... When I say this, this is not really like a sports conversation anymore. No. You have to kind of rewire your brain because yeah. it's super easy to just fall into the default of, you well, might the change Chiefs, the playoffs. Yeah, right, I, the Chiefs yeah. were playing for this, the Bills were playing for that, the Bengals were trying to play for the division, you had two teams duking it out for the one seed. All of that is kind of out the window now. 
I know that those are still the priorities because we're talking about we've been talking about this all year long. So now we're talking about is humanity and logistics. But, well, is that what you're talking that, about? Now that something is that is not football, right? It happened on a football field, but somebody going into cardiac arrest is not something we typically associate with football. No. Now that that has impacted this season and this playoff race and these games, that's how we. That's the prism through which we kind of have to view what the NFL does from here. I think that no, because of what you're describing, no matter what happens here, Nick, the NFL will change as a result of this. They will have an answer for how they do this. What it is is like making this decision is so big for a variety of reasons. You have to try to make decisions that do not disrespect someone who is fighting for their life. You cannot try to make it seem like anything you're doing is bigger than the person who is fighting for their life, right? But whatever decision you make here, Nick, is how the NFL is likely to handle this for the next two decades, right? Unless the NFL Players Association tries to get you to handle it differently in their next collective bargaining agreement, this is how the NFL is going to handle these things. And they hope to never have to come to this decision again. There was a rule, by the way, about if this occurs, who gets to decide what happens in the game? There's a rule that said Roger Goodell inevitably makes the decision about what is going to occur in this. And thankfully, they took in the thoughts of both the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals last night when deciding not to resume. And it sounds like, based on the report they sent out, that they talked to those teams again and talked to the people caring for DeMar in trying to make a decision about whether or not to even try to continue this game this week. They made the right decision not continuing the game this week. But the next one has no win, does it? Because you, you, and you're right, I get it, because like the football part of it completely changes everything. Because how is it that you want to even, could you don't? You just want to be like, well, okay, we'll just do whatever. But they're not going to just not play games. They've already said that, like, as of right now, the Week 18 schedule's normal, right? They said they haven't currently. They've, they've left the door open to change the, the Week 18 schedule. But it sounds like they want to leave that normal, or they're going to keep it the same, which means the Chiefs will be the first team to be on the field after all of this on Saturday, but it's, it's so hard. It's always hard to separate Nick when you're talking about what took place on the field, you know, how are we supposed to align those thoughts? You're saying you have to think of it strictly as a non sports decision, but I think in Roger Goodell's case, he's trying to, he's trying not to punish the people who are playing the sport for something that was happened playing the sport, right? Somebody's going to feel like they got the short end of the stick, though. That is just going to happen. It's going to happen. And the only way to not do... And even if the Bills are like... if That's the thing. Even if you have to play this game again in two weeks, the Bills and the Bengals are going to feel like we're playing an extra game, and now we have to push everything. Like somebody's everybody's gonna, taking a break before the bye. Somebody's going to feel slighted. It's going to happen. Yeah. No way around it. But I, I do tend to, I mean, somebody on the text line said this, and I kind of tend to agree with this, that I may not have felt this way this morning, but if these teams are going to go to the playoffs, they're going to have to play this game eventually. I don't know when, but they are going to have to finish this game. It seem, that, to me, seems more likely than the NFL just giving one team a loss or giving both teams a loss, unless the Bills just come out and volunteer to forfeit the game, which again seems unlikely. Or Cincinnati chose to do the same. Yeah. Could Cincinnati choose to do that if they win the division, though, Nick? You know, 
So like, you're saying, like, so we don't have a ruling this time next week. We still don't have a ruling. Or, okay, so the Bengals beat Sunday. the Ravens they on win their Sunday. Division. They win their division. They and then they just say, you know what? We're done. I don't know. How do you feel if you're the Chiefs? If you're the Chiefs, robbed, you'd say. Man. Yeah, I, don't I don't feel robbed. I don't. Okay. Like, I know I could understand what you're talking about because they weren't given an equal opportunity for a team to lose a game, but I don't feel robbed. The Bills were the one seed. Something crazy happened. Um, something you couldn't predict. Something tragic. All of those things. I don't think I would feel robbed. I understand some might feel that way, but that's why I that's why I said, can't you just give them both a win? Freeze time, Nick. That feels, you know what it is? Even if you think that way, like if some reason you're being shorted a little, it's being shorted less than the Bills would be, you know? Let's talk about equality or fairness. Who would be more, and you know, like it sounds silly, but it's like the qualification of it would feel different to me. I don't, I don't know. The Chiefs aren't the team who suffered the trad. You know, they didn't have to go through this. They didn't have to watch a player be resuscitated on the field. They don't have to sit right now wondering or not if DeMar Hamil- Hamlin is going to be okay. They don't have to worry about those things. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's, again, like the, the, the simple sentence to this is nothing will seem fair. Nothing will seem right. You'll still just be worried about if Hamlin's going to be okay, be safe, if he's all right. You know, like any of the things that come with that. But we know at some point a football game will be played again. And the playoffs will be played again. And something will feel weird about it. These playoffs will feel weird as a result of this. No matter what. No matter how they decide, Nick. No matter how they decide. If they decide it's a tie. If they decide to play this game later. Because the game won't be the same. Inherently won't be the same. Nothing will feel right about this postseason as a result of this. Probably not until the Super Bowl when all, and maybe not even then, who knows. But so it's like, you, like it's never, nothing's ever, like this is forever shaped how the rest of this season will feel, right? Yeah, it's not going to, you're not getting back to normal from this. You don't just move on. Like this isn't as, and I know it's been a talking point all year. And we, I mean, there are questions surrounding his future in the NFL, but like we kind of moved on from Tua. That was a big deal. It was a big deal when it happened. Mike McDaniels two days ago said he didn't even know what about it the rest of his NFL career. Yeah. I mean, he got car, he got taken off the field in an ambulance and they resumed that game. They finished that game. Yeah. And it was a big story the next day. And it's been a talking point all year, but. I mean, that he got concussed again. That did not slow down the NFL machine at all. No, it takes something monumental to grind that to a halt. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. It's unprecedented. And I would, and, and as much as we, I, I believe this is a non sports story at this point because we're talking. COVID was the last thing that took the league and stopped it. Yeah. And this this is like non-sport because now we're talking about like, is this guy going to survive? Yeah. Is DeMar Hamlin going to survive? Is he going to be okay? How is his family? Like, these are the questions that I'm sure the Bills are thinking about right now. Like, trying to support him, trying to support his family. Trying to get mental health services. Trying to support, yeah, trying to help the players in the locker room who I'm sure are suffering today. And I don't know how the NFL grapples with that at some point saying like, hey, you guys, like, we do need to move on. We cannot just bring this entire season to a halt. We know this is tough for you. This is just an incredibly tricky situation to try and navigate. We come back here on Cody and Gold. Let's continue this conversation a little bit. 
I want to talk about how the NFL is handling it now versus what took place last night and what are the steps the NFL can take next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Rain was pouring in last 